our annual catch-up. Brian Curtis, it's great to see you at the Super Bowl. It's so great to see you, Jared, in Vegas this time. In, so we're, we're not Vegas guys, are we? No, we're not Vegas no. guys. Well, we weren't until this week. Do we have to reevaluate? Well, we think Vegas is a great Super Bowl town, don't we? It's amazing. It's amazing because it's all here. You can Super Bowl. You can go, go to concerts. You can eat like a king. I, I feel like I'm now part of the tourist board, so stop me before I get too crazy. But it has been a great week. So was it uh, – does it feel a little unexpected? Is that – I don't know. We, we have – learnt the history of sport in Vegas and how troubled that had been, and yet it's so natural for an event like this. Yeah, and you know, the only thing that was holding the NFL back was gambling. And then, as in Australia, gambling became legal everywhere, and all of a sudden everybody said, okay, so we can just have this in Vegas. And I think even somebody like me, and perhaps you, underestimated just how much there is to do, even around a big event like the Super Bowl, which is its own cultural weather system of a sort. There's just so much added on by being here versus being in Miami or Phoenix or even Los Angeles. Do you imagine this becomes a regular Super Bowl city? I think so. I, th I think if, if everything goes off Sunday, minus some major blackout, yeah. this will become the new go-to. And by the way, it should be. Yeah. Um, there's a star factor to it, which is undeniable. So just maybe give me your impressions of what you saw at Radio Row, which just felt it, it was just bigger than ever before. I think the guests have been bigger because now you can get famous football players and stars and wrestlers to come in here because there's the attraction of coming to Vegas, too. So we've had The Rock today. We've had Deion Sanders, a.k.a. Coach Prime today. We've had Joe Montana today just walking around here. Again, this is not typical. We had big stars, but these are big, big, big stars. Plus, Josh Allen starting quarterback of the Buffalo Bills. I mean, it, it just has been that extra level, I think. And then from the media perspective here, you and I both commented on this before we got on the air today, the, the number of reporters here, the number of media outlets, the number of companies represented here, it's just on a different level than I've seen. And the, I found the evolution of what radio has been to it's a very visual medium. <laughs> the, the way this, this has grown up has been really yeah. quite startling. Unfortunately, Jared, some of us still have faces made for radio <laughs> and voices for print in my case. But, yes, it has become everybody's kind of on television now, even if you're on radio. Everybody's being filmed. You're filming people who are doing radio hits, right? It's all, it's all become a very multimedia event in a cool way. The threads around this Super Bowl separate to the game are so rich. Uh, one of those is Taylor Swift, which I've listened and read right through the year. It felt like America totally tied itself in knots over this <laughs> and I don't know whether that whole look the Super Bowl is a star sporting event anyway so there shouldn't be any shyness around it what what have we learnt across the season the Taylor Swift season well the arguments really changed in the last week because then somehow it became a political issue oh, yeah. tied up in the 2024 presidential election which is not words I thought I would be saying to you about Taylor Swift I think what we learned is that we finally found a cultural force in America that is as big as the NFL. And maybe we knew that about Taylor Swift. We probably did. But to see them come together and to see that there could be a multiplier effect to football in the United States, that's, that's shocking. That's absolutely mind-blowing. And people who have no interest in football or the Kansas City Chiefs suddenly tuning in and not wanting to miss a moment. 
I just think, you know, I, I just, I'm always coming like, football is America. It's inextricable. When the pandemic happened, football had to happen or American yeah. society would have collapsed. I think I've said that to you before. But now you bring Taylor into it. And you're like, oh, my goodness. We have these two behemoths coming together at one place. And it is, that I think has been eye-opening even for people who thought she was big and thought football was big. What might the Super Bowl effect be, do you think, if she gets there? Uh, it feels like the last 24 hours is all going to be spent on, will she get there? <laughs> yeah, we're usually worried about player injured player yes. playing. We're about Taylor making the flight over from Tokyo. I think we're going to see record viewership. It's about 115 million last year. I think we will get way over that. Uh, and just an awareness, a different kind of awareness. So like somebody, I think of my mom. My mom's going to watch the Super Bowl anyway, but she will have a storyline now that she will understand even if she does not pay any attention to the football. We're going to use your mom as the other touchstone here with the Tom Brady debate as he confirmed <laughs> that he is going to take the position at Fox next year, uh, next season. So Greg Olson will make way. Uh, which has been deeply intriguing to watch all of that unfold as well. Just give us your thesis on what's happened there. Calling games next season and calling next year's Super Bowl in New Orleans. So what a start. Um, I've never seen a player of his magnitude actually want to be an announcer because he's different, right? Kobe Bryant thought about it before his death, I think. He would have been sort of in that, in that stratosphere somewhere. But to have somebody who makes so much money just by being Tom Brady want to sit in a booth... <laughs> like you do, Jared, yeah, yeah. and actually call a game and not own his own business, produce himself. No, he's going to be at the beck and call of producers in a truck. I mean, think about that. Uh, I think it'll be really interesting to see how critical he's willing to be of other quarterbacks. I mean, he's fresh out of the league, only one year. Uh, but I think he's also just going to teach a lot about football. And I think the attraction to him is to teach about football and stay close to the game. And then we'll see, is this a lifetime pursuit? Is yeah. this a real second career? Or is this something he does until team ownership becomes a possibility or his next great business venture? How high are the stakes for him as he does it, do you think? It's an interesting question because could anything detract from being Tom Brady at this point, even if he was an awful announcer? Um, but I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on him. There'd be a lot of pressure. I mean, this is the thing. You're the golden boy. What can Tom Brady not do? Oh, maybe we're about to find out. Maybe he can't call a game. That's where we finally found the kryptonite to Tom Brady Superman. Um, so I think there'll be a lot of, you know, Twitter critics and critics like me who will really be interested. But, you know, I think there's also just a he's, – he's so famous that anything he says will have this extra luster to it yep. and this extra interest just by showing up. So I think – the biggest difference I would see between our two industries, our two football industries, is is the review, the critique of the media performance and Tony Romo being Exhibit A and the, the outstanding piece that you wrote on The Ringer, which is the culmination of sort of seven years of observation <laughs> and work. Yeah, it's like the Talmud, yes, yeah. uh, the Bible I've studied. What is the Romo effect right now? Um... He's a fascinating guy. Yeah. He's one, he is the most talented announcer, but one of, but maybe the most talented announcer in understanding the medium of television I've ever seen. Just by being human, it's almost like an actor in a way. You very rarely see that in sports television, or at least at that level. And then you watch him, and he says stuff, and you're like, oh my gosh, this guy's got holes in his game. I don't know if he knows the names of some of these players on the field right now. So it, it's frustrating. You know, it's so easy to say he's the greatest of all time or he's the worst of all time. I don't think yep. he – I think he is actually both of those things at the same <laughs> time. That's Tony Romo to me. How, how much does the 
football intellect and being able to put it across matter against the magnetism in his television performance and, and the push and pull there? I would think people in television would tell you that's the, the key is the television magnetism. That's the thing you can't teach, or it's very, very hard to teach. The football points are graded by people like you and me. So if you have that, if you have people, a magnetism to people at home, you can get away with a lot of stuff. And I think he does. I don't think he's going to change all that much. I don't think CBS is going to get rid of him. Like $17 million yes. a year. He's fine. So, I, you know, I think he actually has, weirdly enough, the most important thing, which is he knows how to be on TV. I found, so we were in the street the other day and just got chatting to a lady. And she asked what we were doing and was here to call the Super Bowl. She said, can I, can I hear your call? I have to turn the volume down when Romo was on. I thought, oh, my, that's just a random, uh, I think she was a chief supporter in the street, that she would have that reaction rather than that. There's something sort of, it feels like there's an innocent, cockeyed optimism to him in the way that he calls a game, which... I would have thought might have drawn the regular fan in perhaps more than it does. I think it did initially, and then he got his $17 million a year contract. And look, Tony Romo was a fabulously well-paid football player, but I think that changed something in the public mind. And people begin to see him as, okay, he's very rich now. He's getting rich at being folksy and human. And that sort of changed the image a little bit. And aren't you, aren't you glad you don't have this in Australia where every utterance would be picked apart, Jared? <laughs> every line. By some goofball like me? <laughs> did he what did Waitley right say yesterday? <laughs> and the season that the NFL has had uh, and the measurables, so its television ratings are still going up. It dominated that top 100 list like you couldn't have imagined. <laughs> it feels like the rest of television is deteriorating. You spoke this time last year around the sheer power of the NFL. Is that... Is that magnified still? It is. And I think the only question before us is, it's the king of television. Will it also be the king of streaming? This year we had our very first NFL playoff game that was on streaming only, on the Peacock streaming service. That was very interesting. Still got 20 million viewers. Think of that, just 20 million. That was a lowish number for a playoff game. But I think what they're worried about now is, will we be number one in the next world? We're all crossing a bridge together here. And if you're number one in television, you're not going to say, oh, we want to be in the top ten. No, we want to be number one in streaming. And that's what they're trying to figure out. Will the world change? Will American viewership habits change as we cross over? Cross, sound like I'm a seance here, crossing the veil. <laughs> but will, will we actually, you know, think of content and differently? The NFL wants everything to do everything it can to make sure that doesn't happen. The Super Bowl that we have in front of us is power-packed, different philosophies. One has the great quarterback. One has the, the most glorious story of the last man picked. Um, how does it all, how does it look to you? I cannot pick against Patrick Mahomes. This doesn't require a Tony Romo PhD in football to say this, but how can you not watch the playoffs this year and say, I don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to find a way to win? He makes it look so easy. That's what's been so striking. There's some measurable where you not only turnovers, but turnover-worthy plays. He's had zero in the postseason. Not a ball that hit a defensive back in the hands and he dropped. None. He's made it look so easy. And I just can't believe he won't win that game. Also, Brock Purdy, fabulous stories to say. It's very hard to picture Brock Purdy as a Super Bowl champion. Maybe we will be saying yeah. this on Sunday night. But until that happens, I can't wrap my mind around him winning a Super Bowl. Not because of his ability, which is really, really extraordinary. It's kind of because of how he looks. He, do, you know, he doesn't just cut the figure of that and 
a lot of us, our minds might be rewired on Sunday. I don't know. The difference in philosophies or realities, so one pays the quarterback everything and makes do with whatever else you can. One has the all-world team with the make-do quarterback, and when those two collide, it feels like there's a bit of a cultural study in that as well. There certainly is, but I think the secret to Kansas City is their defense has been really good this year. And they've run the ball a lot more. So what they've actually done is ask Patrick Mahomes to do less. When they were at their worst, it was like, go out and be a magician on every play. Sometimes he would, and sometimes he'd throw an interception. This year, it's like, we're going to run the ball, we're going to play great defense, and that's how we'll win. They've become a much more complete team, and I think that is the hidden secret to KC, is their culture actually turned out to be a little different than what we thought it was. Brian, it's great to catch up. If if we wandered a floor and, and decided to play something in the casino, what would we play? So blackjack is always my just the easiest game yep. to me. Now it's like a twenty-five dollar minimum, Jared. How flush are you? No, we're, no, we're no, gonna that, have. That's a bit frightening. You know, if you double the bet, you know. So a I think times. at the Tropicana, which they're about to knock down, there might be a ten-dollar table. There. I actually saw a five-dollar oh, table. Oh, five-dollar table. Is that, that more, your, <laughs> more your speed? It might be. Uh, Brian, above all, it's great to see you. Thanks great for to joining see you, Jared, us again. as always.